Folks, you know, it's kind of a slow period in the offseason. But Bleacher Report released their early Pittsburgh Pirates 2024 opening day projections. What's right about them? What's wrong with them? There's two new additions and some familiar faces. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by FanDuel. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. Now, I know it wasn't every day this week, of course. I was not feeling that well Monday and Tuesday, but you are getting three episodes today to make up for that. So, folks, enjoy this first episode brought to you by FanDuel, your one-stop shop for all of your sports betting this NFL season. Make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On and use the promo code Locked On to get $150 in bonus bets if your $5 money line bet hits. It's a pretty good time right now uh, for the NFL. There's a lot of uh, stuff going on. Can't say so much about the MLB offseason thus far. We're starting to get crumbs a little bit of a lot of different things going on, like you obviously have the Juan Soto to the Yankees news potentially ramping up. They've apparently, according to a report this morning, begun discussing swapping of players. You look at the Yoshinobu Yamamoto news and the Shohei Otani stuff, and then Shoto Inaga and Imanaga. There we go. Sorry, I always get his last name wrong. I apologize. Jung-Ho Lee. There's a lot of different things that are kind of starting to pick up, but winter uh, meetings are right around the corner. And I know it's frustrating, even for me, you guys saw me post about it the other day, that the Pirates haven't really done anything. I mean, the only news that we've really gotten this offseason is protecting guys from the Rule 5 draft, picking up Gilberto Celestino from the Minnesota Twins on a minor league deal, and Johan Oviedo having Tommy John surgery. That's really all that we've seen from the Pittsburgh Pirates so far this offseason. But this morning... I came across a fun little article from Bleacher Report. Of course, many of you know and should know what Bleacher Report is. It's a phenomenal place to go get some of your news from, especially BR Walkoff, the uh, baseball version of Bleacher Report. But they took it in their own right to project the Pirates' starting lineup, and they did this with all 30 teams. So if you want to, I can leave a link in the description to this article from Bleacher Report, or you could just look up Bleacher Report projected starting lineups, MLB 2024. It'll probably pop up right there. But they did this for every team. They added notes, and they did include that this was version 1.0. Now, what that means is they're going to probably release more of these throughout the course of the offseason when things actually start happening. Once we start seeing things, they'll probably even release a rotation one. I didn't see a rotation one, so I'm just talking about the starting lineup today. Now, I don't think it's going to be very outlandish to expect what you would see from this list for the Pittsburgh Pirates all that much, but there is a lot to talk about when you look at what they set up. Now, I will say, because the second segment is going to be about the two additions 
to this lineup that they made and my thoughts on these two additions. But it's no surprise that G or um, Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz, Jack Sawinski, those guys are going to be there. And they also mentioned Mitch Keller as the opening day starter. Not surprised there either. Those are the non-surprises. You know that those guys are going to be integral parts of this lineup for the entirety of the season. You know Mitch Keller is going to hopefully stay healthy throughout the entire year and be a major component to what they're trying to do with the pitching staff that obviously needs a lot of help. We're going to talk about that in the second episode today about the future of the rotation, guys that we can look forward to, what the Pirates need to do to fix the rotation, and what we can expect from it for the next couple of years. But Brian Reynolds, for starter, or O'Neill Cruz, for starters, they have them in the uh, in the leadoff spot. And that was a spot that he appeared to want to be in at the beginning of the season, obviously lost much of the season due to that leg injury that he sustained early on in April. It appears that he's on track to return. I also had an episode about him returning to winter baseball. Nothing confirmed as of yet, but I would expect that O'Neill Cruz should be healthy by spring training and be ready to go. Brian Reynolds, obviously, in the left field spot, played pretty decent defense over in left field. Again, not the most adequate defender in the world that you would really want, but then you also look at what Brian Reynolds offers you as a player. You signed him to the massive extension last year. You got that done. He's going to always be an offensive firepower for or firepower player for you. He's always going to get things done at the plate. Having him in the two spot, I think, works really well. Now, what I thought was very interesting is they had Key Brian Hayes at the third spot, which in the three hole, which I was also not too mad about because if Key Brian Hayes can even do 75% or 60% of what he was doing with his bat down the end of the season. Folks, you're looking at a player that might have the most team-friendly contract in all of baseball, seeing as he did just win his first gold glove award this year. He's also one of those guys that you look at and say, okay, the defense is always going to be there. And the biggest question mark with Key Brian Hayes throughout his tenure as a Pittsburgh Pirate has been, Will the bat follow? Last year, he sustained that injury, came back from said injury, got some help from Altuna, which was a whole thing. But he was one of the best players to me in all of the National League in the final two months of the season with the way he was hitting the baseball, the defense that he brought, just everything that he brought over for what he was offering. I'll skip over the four spot because that's one of the new additions that they're projecting. The five hole has Jack Sawinski. I think we all know with Jack Sawinski that he does have untapped potential. He just has to bring down the strikeouts and keep the walks up and really just start smashing the ball like he knows how to because we've seen the very good parts of Jack Sawinski and we've seen the very bad parts of Jack Sawinski. And I think we would love to see a lot of the less bad from Jackson Winsky and a lot more of him putting the ball over the fence while striking out less and walking more. And again, he was one of those guys that was walking a lot last year, but I do think you still want to see the strikeout total come down just a tad, but you also want to also see him cut out those stretches where he was hitting one for 27 or two for 32 or anything like that. You want to just see him eliminate those from his repertoire completely be a power hitter in the middle of the lineup. That's what you want to see. And before 
we get into the three spots that are filled with players that we have already that I want to talk about and the two new additions. Folks, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel is your one-stop shop for all of your sports betting needs this NFL season because you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you think the Pittsburgh Steelers can beat the Arizona Cardinals this weekend straight up, no like funny business on the spread or anything. If you think the Steelers can win that game, just put $5 on it as a new customer or on FanDuel and you can win $150 instantly. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, their same game parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. And FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the LockedOn Podcast Network. Alrighty, folks. Welcome back to the LockedOn Pirates Podcast, where you can also Find the Locked On Pirates podcast on Lost because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today or Lost is here for you 24-7 covering the top uh, sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel channel. And folks, welcome back again to the Lockdown Pirates podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter or X right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Lockdown Pirates for all of your news analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And on the first of three episodes today, we're talking about Bleacher Report's projected starting lineup for opening day in 2024. Now, again, it's November 29th, I believe. It's November 29th, right? November 29th, November 28th. Yeah, it's November 29th. Now, when you're breaking down what they have here, I already talked about the givens. We know that O'Neal Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, and Jack Sawinski are going to be in the starting lineup by opening day. Nothing they do unless they were to go out and get like Juan Soto or something or some crazy signing, which isn't going to happen. Nothing they do is going to change those four guys being in the lineup every single day possible, except maybe for Jack Sawinski against lefties. Then we move to the bottom of the lineup where we're going to talk about guys that are already here, but we move to the bottom of the lineup and they have Jared Triolo. At first base. Now, this has been a topic of question and answer and reaction for a lot of the offseason because a lot of people want the Pirates to go out and get a first baseman. Most recently, we've heard about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being on the market. Is that something the Pirates maybe get into? It's way out of their area code. I, I don't really know. I mean, I would love it. I think it would be great. Do I think Vlad leaves a lot to be desired defensively? Yes, I do. Do I also think that the Pirates would have him long-term? No, because I think his price tag is just too high. So then you look at what the options are 
outside of that. And they even mentioned um, CJ Crone as another player to keep an eye on as a potential target for this team. As you guys remember, when I was talking about the people that I would have on my offseason wish list, CJ Crone was one of those guys. I would not mind a CJ Crone coming into this team. He can play first base. He also has experience in right field, another spot that the Pirates and their fans are also thinking, hey, maybe we need to go out and sign a guy to really solidify this position. But if they do decide to stay in-house, Jared Triolo, I think, is their best option. He's a guy that hit nearly 300 last year. Still leaves a little bit to be desired on the power front, but I think that's something that he can work on throughout the offseason and bring a power element to his game without really sacrificing a lot of average. And if he can find a way to do that with what he already does being the second best defensive player on the team behind Key Brian Hayes, which is saying a lot, because it didn't when he, when Hayes was down last year, it didn't really feel like the defense was really gone all that much. Some of it was because there is no key equivalent to Key Brian Hayes at all. But Jared Triolo didn't exactly have a massive drop off defensively and with the bat all that much when Key Brian Hayes was injured. And I think he played a little bit of first base down the stretch of the season. It's something that I think throughout the offseason he's going to work on. And even if they do go and get an outside addition, I do think Triolo is going to kind of move into that Josh Harrison type role where he's, he can play first base. He can play second base. He can play shortstop on days that Cruz needs a rest. He can play third on days that Hayes needs a rest. He can move all over the infield. But if they don't go and get an outside addition – I don't exactly think that going into the season, many people would be all too upset about Jared Triolo being the first baseman for two reasons, mainly. One, because he's a young player that's going to be here for quite some time and showed some improvement as the season went on. And two, can only continue to improve and he would be longer, be here longer than four or five months because Bleacher Report also notes about Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi, how they did really solidify that position for a couple of months, but the Pirates just flipped them to Milwaukee and San Diego, and then they were in kind of the same issue where they had Connor Joe over there. And first base has been a massive issue for this team, and the third episode today is going to be about the future of that position, what they should do, because it's going to be a little series that we're going to do now uh, we're going to start with starting pitching in first base today, but we're going to look at the future of each position, who could be involved in the future of each position, et cetera. So that's just a little tease to the other two episodes today that are coming out at four and at six Eastern time. So Triolo at first base here in this projection, I'm fine with. Now, if they go out and get a Carlos Santana, mind you, or a CJ Crone, or if they find a way to go get Vladdy or one of the top options via trade. Then I could see Triolo again sliding into that role where he kind of flips all over the diamond and becomes a super utility player to which I think also opens the door for him to win a gold glove as a utility player. But that's something we have to talk about once 2024 rolls around. The next one I think is something they definitely got wrong, but it's something that I don't know if the pirates are going to exactly give up on right away. And that's Henry Davis and right field. Now, Henry Davis in right field is a guy that I think, again, when Henry came up, there was a lot that we expected from him. He was one of the fastest number one overall selections to ever come up to the major leagues as quick as he did. He flashed some of what he offers with the bat a little bit, 
But with the addition of Andy Rodriguez behind the plate, who is just a better defensive catcher right now than Henry Davis, he was forced to play another position and he had to play right field and it just didn't look all that great at times. He has the arm to play right field. We know that. We saw some of that last year where he was gunning guys out at third base or at home plate. But there's a lot of other big issues with him in right field with a negative outs above average, a negative um, in the defensive run value at the position. It's something that obviously with a long offseason of work, I think he would come into the season a little bit better at the position. But I would also like to see Henry Davis DH a little bit more. I want to get his bat farther along and then worry about the defense later. I don't think the defense exactly with Henry, unless you're going to keep him a catcher, is really the important part for him. I think you really need to elevate that bat that we all saw at Louisville, that we saw in the minor leagues that was very good. And then once you elevate that bat to a point where you like it and you think that he can be consistent with it, then you worry about, okay, where can we put him on the field? That's why I want to see him DH a little bit more. I know Andrew McCutcheon is going to be a part of that once again because I just don't think he's going to play a lot of right field. The Bleach Report thing, by the way, if you've noticed, I haven't mentioned a DH yet. It's because it's one of the additions that they think they're going to make, and I, I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll see once I talk about that in the third segment. But Henry Davis in right field for me on opening day, I just don't really agree with it. I don't think it's something the Pirates really need to do, especially with them wanting to compete next year. I don't think they need to have a gaping hole defensively in both of the corner outfield spots. Now, I won't say gaping hole because Brian Reynolds, as I mentioned earlier, is an adequate enough defender in left field to play the position. But then when you also have a right fielder who's not all that great either, you're really relying on Jack Sawinski to do a lot of work in center field, and I don't know how comfortable I feel about that defensively. Second base, they have G1. Bay. Um, this one you could go three different ways with realistically. It could be G1 Bay, who offers you versatility in the outfield as well, along alongside Sawinski. And I think you could see a little bit of G1 Bay in right field next year. But you look at G1 Bay, he could play second base. I think he'd do fine there. You obviously have Leover Peguero, who's another option. He flashed some of his brilliance that he's going to potentially offer in the future. You have former first-round pick Nick Gonzalez. You have other options as well, like a Jared Triolo, if they go out and get a first baseman or on a day where they want to start somebody else at first base. Ideally, I would want to start Jared Triolo in that spot just because I think it would be wise to have two very good defensive players right around O'Neill Cruz. You have the gold glove winner and key Brian Hayes. You have a potential gold glove winner in the future, Jared Triolo, as his battery mate right there. I think that would work very well for O'Neill Cruz. g Bay leaves a little bit to be desired defensively. He could be better defensively, but he does also offer a pretty decent bat at the back half of the lineup here in the uh, nine hole. So that's something that I think is kind of just interchangeable. And one of those guys is eventually going to separate themselves from the others. Those three guys being Peguero Bay and Gonzalez. But as I've said with Bay in the past, he does obviously offer that element of being able to go to the outfield. He offers the element of being able to, play a little bit of second base. He's a speedster on the base pass, so he's always going to wreak havoc against opposing pitchers. So not entirely mad about that, but I do know that it is something that is completely interchangeable. So we have O'Neill Cruz. We have Brian Reynolds. 
We have Key Brian Hayes, Jack Sawinski, Jared Triolo, Henry Davis, and G1 Bay. That's seven guys. So Bleacher Report, as of November 29th, has us getting two new guys. We're going to talk about those two new guys in just a moment. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And to finalize this episode where we're talking about Bleacher Report's projected starting lineup for the 2024 Pittsburgh Pirates on opening day, as I've mentioned throughout the show, you had O'Neill Cruz leading off. You have Brian Reynolds second, Hayes third, Sawinski fifth, Triolo seventh, Henry Davis eighth, G1 Bay ninth. Things that I think a lot of us could expect. Now, again, uh, Henry Davis, I I just don't agree that he needs to be in right field. I think he needs to be more in a DH role or a backup catcher role behind Eddie Rodriguez. G1 Bay, again, that second base spot is going to be interchangeable between three or four guys. I think in spring training, they'll come up with a victor of spring training, but all those guys I think will get adequate playing time to eventually figure it out. But the two new additions, Bleacher Report, that you added to this Pirates projected starting lineup in 2024 are in the four hole and the six hole. Now, the first one is a name that some of you may be familiar with and some of you may not be for various reasons. It's Rowdy Telez. Now, folks, <laughs> they have Rowdy Telez DHing in this uh, projection. Now, obviously, Andrew McCutcheon, we fully expect to return in 2024 and be a prominent DH player. Not official yet, which I still don't understand, but not official yet. And you look at Rowdy Tillis, okay? Now, obviously, Bleacher Report mentions that he had a forgettable 2023 season, but he is just a year removed from posting a 113 OPS plus with 35 home runs and 89 RBIs. The 28-year-old was non-tendered by the Milwaukee Brewers and could be a cheap source of power production. Sure. Um, I would be perfectly fine with that if they were getting the 2022 Rowdy Telez. But that is a large gamble, folks, that I don't know if you take. Because Rowdy Telez, when they said that he had a bad... 2023 season it was not very good at all i mean now still offered some power production um ended up playing for the toronto blue jays and the milwaukee brewers across his career but in 2023 folks he hit 215 with 13 home runs and 47 rbis now negative six war 311 at bats the 13 home runs sounds fine He's a career 233 hitter. Sure. But again, you look across his career, he's had double-digit home runs three times or four times. He had 21 in 2019 with Toronto. He had 35 in, in 2022 Milwaukee, 13 with Milwaukee that year, and then, of course, 11 in 2021 where he played for both Toronto and Milwaukee. But... I do think that you also have to consider that he had 86 strikeouts and 35 walks last year. Now, Rowdy Telez is a power-hitting lefty whose swing 
if he was on the money every single day or for a large portion of the year, that swing would play in PNC Park very well. Would I be against Rowdy Telez being in this lineup? Not entirely. But again, I do think, and they did mention cheap option. He is probably going to be one of the cheaper free agent options available. But when you really boil it down, you're also having to assume that Andrew McCutcheon would be platooning with him. Kutch would likely play on days where they face lefties and some days righties. Telez would probably only play against righties. You would not, and I mean you would not, want Rowdy Telez batting against lefties. It's not something that you would really want at all. Now, is this a signing that really helps the Pirates largely? I would say no. I don't really have the confidence in the fact that you would be getting a very good player when you're getting a Rowdy Telez. If you do, you look like a genius, but he's likely just a trade option down the line, closer to the trade deadline, unless you're in contention, which is what we all hope. But at the end of the day, I'm very split on that one. So I want to know what you guys think about Rowdy Telez. I'm very split about that one because, again, he's shown in the past that he could be a phenomenal power hitter for a team. Last year was not so great, but the Pirates have been very good at reclamating players like a G-Man Choi, like a Carlos Santana, Tyler Anderson, Jose Quintana, Rich Hill. They've been good at doing this in the past. Is that something that they want to do? Sure. Do I want him in the four hole? Probably not. So Bleach Report, I'm kind of in the middle on that one. If you guys remember uh, Gladiators, I believe, where he faked him out and did that. That's kind of where I'm at on Rowdy Telez. And now the second one, no. In the six hole, per Bleach Report's 2024 projection, they have the Pirates acquiring Gary Sanchez, who has obviously seen a lot of time with the Yankees, seen time with Minnesota, Seen time with the Mets, seen time with the Padres. Last season, 217, 19 home runs, 2.4 war. Sure, I'd be fine getting a guy like Gary Sanchez. He brings a decent power element to the team and all that stuff. But I'd be fine with it if they didn't have Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, and Jason DeLay. Now, you're probably thinking, Ethan, oh my God, how would you pick Jason DeLay over Gary Sanchez? Well, here's the thing. Gary Sanchez is already getting up there in age. He's a right-handed hitter. So not entirely out on it, but more out on it than I am to Les. Because I just don't know if Sanchez would come in and be the backup to Andy Rodriguez. And they, they had him in the starting lineup in this uh, projection. And I just don't agree with that. I think you have to go into 2024 with Andy as your starter. Now, if Gary Sanchez is the backup to Andy Rodriguez and they play about equal games and Gary Sanchez brings a lot of that power element to PNC Park and hits about 15 to 20 home runs and hits about 220 to 225, which is his career average, then sure. But I just don't know if that's something that he would really want to do. I don't know if Gary Sanchez wants to be in a platoon, even though he should be. I don't know if he really wants to. And are the Pirates going to want to basically say, hey, Henry Davis isn't going to ever play the catcher position. He's going to have to figure it out in right field. There's a lot of different factors that go into that for me with Gary Sanchez being in that lineup and being in that fold. Now, I'm not, again, not completely against it, 
because of the power element that he potentially brings, but is he also just another guy that you potentially trade at the deadline if you're out of contention again, or even if you are? That is what I'm scared of. And I think for the Pirates, and I've said this numerous times on this show, I think it's about time that they move on from this entire let's get guys on one-year deals and then move on from them and get prospects. I don't think it's time for that anymore. I think you have to go out and sign guys that are going to be on this roster for at least a year or two that are going to help you compete and are going to help you win. I think that's where the Pirates need to be. I think that's where they're striving to be. But right now, it's quiet offseason. Winter meetings are around the corner. I expect things to ramp up. Opening day projection from Bleacher Report, not entirely mad about it. If that was the lineup that went out there, I, I, I really think that it would depend on the pitching matchup, but I would rather see Kutch in there at the DH spot and Endy in there at the catcher spot while Sanchez and Telez are complementary pieces throughout the season and also veteran pieces throughout the season. I think that would be fine, but overall, not a bad projection on November 29th. But folks, thank you so much for tuning into the first of three episodes today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast on Wednesday, November 29th. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. This one should be up at noon. The next one will be up at four. The following will be up at six. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'll see you on the flip side.